Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Go if you will to Matthew 24 real quick. Because as we teach on redemption, we, we, we do our best to pull redemptive truth from the Scripture, not just rehearse, you know, a historical account of how things happened, you know, chronologically according to the word, but actually to go back and forth, back and forth uh, from the from the old covenant, new covenant, just comparing uh, truth with truth, life with life. That's literally, if you study uh, the letters that Paul wrote to the church, you'll understand that over three quarters of everything he said was a direct quote from the old covenant things that were in Isaiah, things that were in the Psalms, things that were in the Proverbs, that God was already showing us in type and shadow and saying this is how it's going to, this is how it's going to culminate, this is how it's going to end up. Thank God for revelation knowledge. You know, the ability to see when you study and read the Word of God for not just, a, you know, not some uh, biblical interpretation according to religion or denomination, but to actually have revelation from the Word of God. And we know revelation is that which is not just only revealed, but that which is demonstrated. There's got to be, a, there's gotta be a, a demonstrational side to a revelation for it to be a truth. Remember all, when we teach on faith, I always use the illustration of, uh, you know, I'm going to tell, tell Brian here, I'm going I'm to give you $100, Brian. And, and Brian's like, oh, cool, man, I'm going to get $100. You know, so a week goes by and I don't give it to him. And I see him, he goes, I'm going to give you, I forgot about that $100. And, you know, he goes, well, it's great. You know, it's pastor, maybe he's busy. He's then, you know, next time he, you know, he'll probably go along with that for a while. I know, Brian, probably a couple of months. <laughs> maybe. But one day he'd figure out, hey, you know what that guy's saying? What he's doing is two different things. He keeps telling me and telling me and telling me and telling me, but there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing on the other. I ain't got no hundred dollars yet. So let me, let me help you with that. How, would that. how could that help establish any kind of relationship between us? It can't. There's no way it can. Well, how can God establish relationship with his children on the earth if he says one thing, but he doesn't do it? Well, sure he does. It's not that he doesn't do it. He's already done it in Christ. We have to t- tap in to what he's already done. That's that well of salvation that with joy we draw out of. Now, Jesus here in Matthew 24, Jesus is on the earth before his, his, his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection. His disciples ask him a, a, a multifaceted question dealing with the end of time and different things that, that they were concerned about, and Jesus began to talk to them about that. Now, uh, let me say this because we do our best to stay well taught when it comes to end times. Much of what Jesus says in the Gospels does not have anything to do with the rapture. It has to do with the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, now why is that relevant to us? Because everything that's going on uh, that has to do with the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be happening on the earth while we're still here. At a certain point in time, though, we're going to be removed. And we're going to be removed at a point in time in which no part of the judgment of God will come upon the church because God is not going to judge his body a second time. I don't care what anybody says about, well, mid-trib or we have to go through this or that. That is untrue. Upon the cross, Jesus bore the full judgment of God. But I'm going to tell you something, church. We are literally living in time in which the wages of sin is paying such a horrible wage, it almost looks like the judgment of God. People have lost their minds. They've literally lost. I heard a politician the other day. This is on the, you know, just uh, we were getting, doing some things at the house and the news. The, we were watching something, ABC, I think ABC News. And it was a politician and he was saying this. 
and he was talking about the, the, the opposite party in which uh, he was in politically, and he was saying, these people have lost their minds. They've totally, are they're, they're literally void of any kind of reason. Now, this guy's saying this on national TV. I'm thinking, my goodness, how has our society degraded to such a point that one side thinks of the other that they're totally degenerate and degraded? That's because humanity has lost its moral compass. It's the same thing going on in the days of Jesus. You know, the only difference that we see now is there, there have been times of a rise in the morality of people, and that was always based on moves of God, things that God was doing in the earth. Uh, beginning in our, in our generation, so to speak, beginning all the way back in 1907 with Brother William Seymour when the Spirit of God began to move in Azusa Street, California. And then all the way from then, as men and women contending for the move of God and there were moves of God and outpourings of the Holy Ghost, we begin to move closer and closer and closer to this time in which Jesus is talking about in Matthew 24. Now, I wanted to read, let me find it here, just the portion of Scripture that deals with what it says about, let me find it here. I had it marked. Living in the times of Noah. Here it is, verse 39. Is that 39 and 30? You know what I did? I'm smart. I brought glasses. There we go. Verse 38. Hey, let's go to verse 36. But of that day and of that hour knoweth no man, not of the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came. Everybody say, the flood came and took him away. Whoa, I want to miss the flood. You say, why? Because there's a bunch of people that know not there's a flood coming to take them away. Yeah. Amen? Now notice this. It says, uh, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now notice this. Two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding in the mill, the one taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Now, in this, in this literal portion of Scripture, it's not talking about the rapture of the church. This is not what it's talking about. It's talking about the judgment of God, just like it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be at the end of time at the coming of man. Amen? Now, now, these particular individuals in the field, they're in the field. One gets taken away, the other left. This is literally speaking of that judgment that comes. Now, let me read it to you. Let me, I brought my, uh, my Passion Bible. Let me read it here in the, in the Passion Bible. It says, uh, verse 37 or 36, concerning that day and that exact hour, no one knows when it will arrive, not the angels of heaven, only the Father knows, for it will be exactly like it was in the days of Noah when the Son of Man appears before the flood. People lived their lives eating, drinking, marrying, having children. They didn't realize the end was near until Noah entered the ark. And then suddenly the flood came and took them all away in judgment. It will happen the same way when the Son of Man appears. 
at that time, two men will be working on a farm. One will be taken away in judgment, the other left. Two women will be grinding grain. One will be taken away in judgment, the other left. This is why you must stay alert because no one knows the day your Lord will come. If you, if you begin to continue to study down that scripture, it begins to talk about how although it is true, only the Lord knows, only the Father knows, we can tell because of the season, because of what's going on. And buddy, I'm going to tell you, we're in a crazy season. And people are asleep. They do not realize the day and the hour in which they're living in. And now listen, that has been heralded, listen, for so long from cults, from religion. Who was that uh, that, that used to come on TV early in the morning before the cartoons? Garner Ted Armstrong. The world tomorrow. Well, he was just a cult. But it was doom and gloom and, and, you know, it's coming, it's coming. And then there's been other cults and other uh, people. There's been people that actually committed suicide because they thought they were going to go up and be in a spaceship or something. Amen. Kind of like the guy that, you know, thought he was the last man on earth. Climbed up in a big building, thought I'm going to end it all. I'm so lonely, I can't live like this. Jumped off the building as he passed the seventh floor, the phone rang. (laughs) Duh, you can't be doing that. you got to stick with the Word of God, how the Spirit of God leads us. And in these days, it's just like in the days of Noah. And what did we say about what was going on? God was contending with the hearts of men. It wasn't that God was just turning his back on all of that. He was contending with the hearts of men, and he had two preachers of righteousness. That was Enoch and Noah. And for 120 years, you know what they said? The flood is coming. The flood is coming. The flood is coming. And everybody was trying to figure out what a flood was while they were partying. Instead of realizing, you better get ready. Amen. Now, let's go back to Genesis. Studying on the subject of redemption. Now this begins, let's, there's so much here and I, it, it, sometimes it's hard for me because I get off on a tangent, but I want to stick with the, with the subject. We have in chapter 7, let's go to verse 8. It said, and God re- remembered Noah. We talked about how it rained and water was upon the earth for 150 days. Buddy, that'll do it. Did you know that? That'll clean it out pretty good. Water upon the earth for 150 days. I was in a, in, a, in a meeting one time and a guy was up there preaching. He said, you know, I'm telling you that flood, it was like the judgment of God. I thought, man, it was the judgment of God. If you'd have been there, you'd say, well, this is like the, it was the judgment of God. Sometimes people say funny things. If you listen, if you listen funny, I got one of those funny listeners, you know. I, my, my friend in Ireland, Brandon Hayde, that pastors there in Dublin for many years, we were coming, he had, went up to the dock to get me to come down to, to, to Dublin to start a meeting. And we passed this sign that said, uh, fresh free farm eggs. No, fresh free range. F- fresh free range eggs. So I told him, I said, turn around. He said, why? I said, let's go get some free eggs. He said, that's not what that means. I said, what do you mean? It says fresh free range eggs. Let's go get some fresh free range eggs. I'd really be, I knew, I, I was just messing with you. I was just yanking his change, you know. He's like, that's not what that means. Uh, that's, that might be what that means in Texas. Say that, that might be what that means in Texas. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it, says, it says on the sign, fresh, free-range eggs. 
Well, I couldn't talk him into it. So anyway, <laughs> be careful how you hear. So the Bible says God remembered Noah. That was the covenant that he had. And every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth. The waters of sage. Now everybody say assaged. That means they began to recede. They began to go back. The fountains also of the deep, the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven restrained. The waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of 150 days, the water was abated. Now, you, could you imagine upon the earth was so much water that it took 150 days for it to go down? Buddy, that's a flood. That is, you say, well, you know, there, it just kind of flooded the known world. I heard a guy say that. The Bible said the flood was upon the entire earth. That it was cut, that every living thing that was upon the earth died. Amen? Now notice this. It says it was a saved, begin to, uh, the judgment began to recede. And the waters returned from off the earth. After the end of 150 days, the waters were abated. The ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the, 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 until the 10th month. That shows us how long it took. It took three months for the water to drain. Then in the 10th month of the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. So it took, it took three months just to see the tops of the mountain. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days, over another month, Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Now, verse 7, let's begin this. Here we begin, type and shadows of redemption. Not on the reality of something that happened in the ark, type and shadows of redemption. Said he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from the face of the ground, but the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. And she returned unto him in the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her unto him into the ark. Stayed yet another seven days. And again sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came into him in the evening. And lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated or beginning to recede from off the earth. And Noah stayed yet another seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him anymore. Now, I love this teaching here. This, this shows us the three dispensations of the Holy Ghost on the earth. The first dispensation, God being, uh, Noah being a type of God, the ark being a type of heaven. Judgment being the waters. Judgment began to abate. It began to pull back. And God sent forth the Holy Ghost. He sent forth a dove onto the earth. But she found no place for her foot. There was no place for her to abide. That's a type of the Spirit of God in the Old Covenant. Although we had the prophet, priest, and king, they were anointed by the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God did not abide on the inside of them. They did not experience the new birth. That's what it's talked about in Hebrews chapter 11 when it says, These died in faith, having not yet received the promise. Well, it wasn't the promise of victory or prosperity or even healing or anything like that. It was the promise of salvation in which they would have gone to heaven instead of paradise, which was in the core of the earth at the time. Amen? Just simple biblical truth. So here we have this beautiful, beautiful portrait painted here in Genesis of the Holy Ghost going forth. So he goes forth, but then he comes back and he's taken into the ark, taken into himself. Then the second dispensation, and you say, well, how long is a dispensation? However long God says it is. 
The first one was 4,000 years. The second one was three and a half. You say a three and a half year dispensation of the Holy Ghost? Yes. He sent out the dove from the ark and he came back, which means the waters had not all the way, all the way abated, but they were almost abated. Our judgment wasn't already all the way off of the earth, but it was almost off of the earth. And here comes Jesus, the olive branch of God, anointed by the Holy Ghost in power, full measure of the Spirit of God. And through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God paints us a picture of the nature of God, loving, forgiving, healing, compassionate, righteous, moral, strong, courageous. You begin to name all the qualities of our, of our loving Heavenly Father that He is reproducing on the inside of us. Amen. And then we have the last dispensation. You say, what is that? Well, Noah took the dove and he let him go out of the ark and he never came back. Now that's unique because back up at the first of the scripture, he let out the raven or the predator. Because the raven or the predator was kicked out of heaven and it looked like lightning hitting the sky. I mean, hitting the earth. So we must realize there is, an, uh, there is an opposition to that which is, which is good and righteous in the earth. And God is the one who retains the right to make judgment. Everybody say judgment. So we see here by the, by the ministry of the Holy Ghost in the earth how judgment came upon the earth, how judgment began to receive. That's why Jesus in his time could, could forgive or could heal a Syrophoenician woman or, or, or forgive a woman caught in the very act of adultery in which the law said stone her and heap a pile of stones upon her as a testimony to her iniquity. So truth said, he that, was out, he that is without sin, let him cast the first. How can he do that? Aren't you under the law? No, the waters were receding. But then Jesus said there in John chapter 14, he said the spirit, spirit of comfort, which will abide, which will be in you and be with you, and which will abide with you and in you forever. So, so Noah let that dove, and he found a place to live. Where did he find a place to live? In our hearts, where the spirit of God lives. And the judgment in our lives has been abated and has receded. And none of us are under the judgment of God. We live, we live in the acceptable year of the Lord. But here's the deal. You can't live in sin. And churches are so afraid to use that word in this day and hour. But in this day and hour more than any other, you cannot live in sin. You say, why? Because you are so subject to it and we're living after 6,000 years of iniquity mastating in man. Therefore, whatever you yield to can quickly take you over. So you got to be so careful. Walk in faith, serve God, live holy. Amen. You say, why? If you don't, it'll take you over. You'll be swept away like those in the flood. Now, this judgment thing, in studying this and looking at the type and shadow of Christ our ark, everybody say Christ our ark. You say, what do you mean? Well, it's, it's what lives us above the storms of humanity. We're lifted above in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, I don't care what anybody says out there on TV or the Internet or anything else. We're not called to suffer with this world. We're not called to choke on their diseases or cures, whatever they may be. You say, what do you mean? I believe we, we, the body of Christ is going to step into a place of divine health. 
I thank God for doctors and treatments and everything else. But honey, they, we've all crossed some lines here lately that are pretty, they've kind of blurred them as they've crossed them. And I'm telling you, we're living in a time you have to believe God to stay healthy and live in wisdom. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, you're going to have to ask God how to do it. Amen. So here's this judgment. Now, just with that statement shows you how much we judge. Judgment is designed to produce a choice. God's judgment came because of a standard that God set as counseled to himself by his own standard or morality. And because he is God and what he says is truth, that's what established. Not what you think, not your opinion, not what some religion says or some government or some so-called leader, even the Antichrist when he comes. Amen? And judgment in that form of the exposing of evil is what God will use to bring upon his earth his wrath. But in the meantime, judgment is left in the hands of men and women in the body of Christ to judge themselves, lest we be judged of God. So in Noah's day, God judged him righteous and pure in his generations. We talked about the bloodlines last week how he maintained the purity in his bloodline that stepped out of, out of the spirit realm and cleansed your bloodline because you're now in Christ Jesus, cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I begin to look at that, study that, meditate on that. Excuse me for my sideways notes. I'd rather have sideways notes than no notes, amen? Judgment, the process of forming an opinion or an evaluation by discerning and comparing we do it all the time. We choose. You know, uh, you ever made the statement, wow, that was some really bad judgment there, you know? Amen? I mean, there's things that people do that, that are just, they see something, they make a choice, and it just, that, that was not a good choice. I was eating with some ministers one time, and a minister friend of mine, a pastor, was sitting to the left of me, and we were eating some strange food. It was Thai food, and I was not familiar with it. Neither was he. And he, 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 he saw what he thought was a green bean. But it was not a green bean. It was a green demon from hell. And all it took was one bite to set that devil loose. And I looked and I thought, what? I thought it might have been having a heart attack. Pushed away from the table, could go, I thought, oh my God. Well, obviously a judgment was made, a choice was made. Man, and I'm telling you today, you better be careful of your choices and give your choices to God and give your choices to righteousness. Because Noah in all of his life, he was not judgment, he was not judging uh, righteously in all of his behavior, but the overall judgment of his life saved him. Made him a type, shadow of that which saves us today. So we in our lives have to be wise enough to judge what we need to judge in order to continue to move forward in the things of God and not be fooled by that which is coming upon the earth. Because these are dangerous and perilous times. And it doesn't take much to cause people to go crazy. Amen? And in this day and hour, you're going to see what? Doctrines of demons from hell? Signs, wonders, and demonstrations that are not of God? Amen? Right. Things that people get themselves into? 
that produce all kinds of, of negative. But in the midst of all of that, you've got to keep your compass turned the right way and make the correct judgments, amen, so that you look back and say, I should have sure judged that differently. And that's exactly what God shows us right here in the life of Noah as he looked at a situation and a word from God as true as John 3, 16 to him in his day as in our day and therefore made a decision to obey God in the midst of that and live a life totally abstract to the lives that were been living around him. Now, I'm not talking about going up you know, mountain somewhere and waiting for the rapture to take place like a bunch of crazy people. How can that be a witness? That happened back, what was the book they wrote? 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 1988. And then they, in 1989, they wrote 89 Reasons Why Jesus Didn't Come in 1988. <laughs> we actually preached in the church where the pastor was giving out cases of it. And the church isn't there anymore. So, you know, he wasn't coming. Amen. They had him coming on opening day of dove season. I thought there ain't no way. God loves me too much. And it was true. I went dove hunting. Jesus didn't come. Wasn't because I went dove hunting either. Amen. Well, I made a judgment because I didn't thought people were fine. It was on TV. People were just, oh, yes, yes, it's going to happen. Then we had, well, who was after that? What other nut did we have after that one? Lied to Harold the truck driver. Y'all remember Harold the truck driver, don't you? Oh, come on. Am I that old? Oh, my God. Amen. Well, he, 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 he was Harold the truck driver, and he had Jesus coming back in the world going on. Everybody was like, yeah, that's God, that's God. I knew what I could tell. It was a clown act. Amen? That, listen, the Word of God, praying in the Holy Ghost, staying right with God, gives you the type of judgment connected to the discernment of the Spirit. And that's not a gift of the Spirit. A lot of people think discerning of spirits is, is, is you know, the spirit of suspicion. And then people get nuts and they see a devil. Well, there's a devil over there. Uh, you know, that, that's, you, know that's, you can't be like that. But all of us should have an ability on the inside of us as we mature in the things of God to recognize and realize in the midst of all of this craziness and this flood of, of things coming upon the earth, in the midst of that, we've got to think in line with what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24 in order to stay sober in the midst of all of it. Oh, I still got four minutes. Christ our ark lifts us above the stormy waters of humanity, provides protection and direction. When God opened the door, they stepped out where God wanted them to be. There is no wrong where there is no right. There is no lie where there is no truth. But where there is right, it exposes wrong. And where there is true, it exposes the lie. Now, the problem we're living in in this day in our church is the enormity of lies that are being perpetrated upon the earth. Now, the problem with that, you say, well, that, that, that's, that, that, that's really no, no big deal. But it is because when you begin to accept lie as a truth, you invert. Do you understand that? You say, what do you mean? Well, it's just the opposite. You, you invert the whole thing. And so some of the major narratives of our, of our world right now, they're lies. 
Not that, not that someone conspired, made No, I'm just talking about, quote, the evolution of the world system in the earth and the way it begins to flow in the last days. It doesn't flow on any kind of truth or righteousness or great humanity towards your brother. Yeah, come on. It's a sewer flowing out of hell itself of all kinds of inversions of the truth. And the problem is it's like a poison. It's, it's, it's like in that day, Noah could not have afforded in any way to have in any way become a part of what was going on in the world. You say, why? Because he had been given a word from God that, okay, you can marry and you can party and you can eat and you can drink and you can have your money and you can have, but I'm telling you, there's going to be a day that's coming where I'm walking on that thing over there that you've been criticizing me about. I'm getting in it and God's going to shut the door. And when it does, there's going to be a fraction of time there in which you're going to realize, oh my God, this is it. As the thing pancakes down. And God raises his children up out of it. The point is, even as we teach on redemption, let it motivate you to serve God on a higher level. To pray more. To study. To, to, to work on your physical body, on your diet, on your, on your mind. Don't let your mind get twisted or messed up. Uh, uh, feed your passions in your heart. Serve God with white hot fever. Fever or fever? How do you say that? Fervor. Fervor. There we go. I knew it was in there somewhere. <laughs> Be excited. Life is awesome. And it's, listen, it's worth living right down to the end. Whether that be way of the grave or way of the rapture, does not matter. Life is worth living way down to the end. So all of these, you say, what do you mean? The, the every, people, every time you look at the news, they tell them, no, no, listen, church. Lies perpetrated upon humanity are things that have been working for centuries, millenniums, that are flowering in the evil and wicked fruit that they are today. And just as if I could go somewhere on the earth and find the very purest, cleanest water, some tropical island that had never seen pollution or anything, and bring back the 55-gallon barrel of this cleanest, purest water and set it in a beautiful, beautiful container and then stand over it with one drop of mercury and drop it in there. Let it go. How many takers I have to come up and get a drink of that water? It may not affect you to the maximum potential of what mercury can do in your body if you were to drink, take a teaspoon of it or something. But it will definitely begin to process in your body of causing your body to shut down. And it's the same thing true of the poison that's in this world system. It can begin with one thing you hear, one thing you see that's inverted or distorted. And I've always watched how the enemy will do things and try to cause you to think, well, that makes sense or, that, or that's right. Or that, you've got to stay, listen, we're called to walk in love. We're all of one blood. And what the enemy is trying to do to this world right now is trying to set it aflame. Just set it aflame. It said in the last day, nation against nation. You know, that was ethnic group against ethnic group. That's what they were saying. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. In the midst of it, somebody's got to live in peace. Some guy, somebody's got to declare the goodness of God. Some, somebody's got to manifest the glory of God. Amen. Noah in his day was a preacher of righteousness. That scripture he read for the offering. Man, that's so powerful. You say, why? Because it was after God removed the curse. You say, why could God remove the curse? Because judgment had been made. That generation had been judged and man got a brand new start. Next week we'll look. And how God found a man in Abraham. And it all started. And here we are today because we serve a God that loves us.
Isn't that great? God is so cool. He's so good. He loves us so much. Amen? Lift your hands and worship him. Father, we worship you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace, your great mercy upon our lives. We thank you in the confusion of all that's going on. In the midst of it, we have a standard. Lord, all of these different narratives in government, Lord, in the world system, in communication, in finance, in medicine, in all these areas, Lord God, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. You said in the book of James, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord, who giveth it and upbraideth not. We know, Lord, it's wise to pray. It's wise to study and speak the word. It's wise to gather together and forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. It's wise to give and declare goodness. It's wise to bear one another's burdens and pray for one another in the Lord. It's wise to go to the world and preach the gospel. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. You know, you're going to have to work at living in peace. You really know what peace is when you get in a storm. Amen? And it's amazing how the comfort of God and the peace of God work together to bless you and keep you moving forward. And listen, if you sense oppression, there's oppression on the earth just because of the, the day and the hour in which it is we live in. I, I made this statement when we were overseas. I said, you know, there's a feeling, there's a, an atmosphere. It's not in our church. It's outside of our church. It's kind of like when there's a storm, a big storm in the Gulf, and they really don't know where it's going. They just know there's something out there destructive. And there's this kind of, you know, in people's eyes, the way people talk. You know, people begin to begin to pay more attention to the, to the weather, to the gut, things like that. It's like that in the spirit right now. It's like that. I mean, people know there's something up, something's happening. You know, the Lord has spoken to us prophetically. We know it. Prepare yourself, prepare your heart. You know, the Bible says, it says there, quick yourself like men. That's a military term. It means ready yourself for confrontation. Ready yourself. For when confrontation comes, hallelujah, Thank you, Jesus. For when confrontation comes, it's coming from you, not at you. You're the one moving forward. You're the one aggressing in the Spirit. You're the one using authority and saying no to the darkness, no to the confusion. No to the oppression. No to the pain. No to the confusion. Then open your heart and worship. Lift your hands in praise. And allow the wind of my spirit to blow the confusion out of your life and to refresh you like a cool wind after a hot day. Hallelujah. To restore your hope and dispel hopelessness to encourage your faith and empower you to obey to strengthen you to forgive and walk in love and walk in faith hallelujah thank you Jesus 
Well, just lift your hands for a minute and worship God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I'm glad I came to church. You know, the flood was an awesome thing. God said, I'll put my rainbow in the sky. I love rainbows. Amen? Yeah. I hear people say, well, it's just the light. I don't care what they say. Rainbow's a sign, a sign from God. Have you ever heard of a moonbow? Literally. There's such a thing as a moonbow. It happens in the Haleakala Crater on Maui. At certain times of the year when the moon is full, it creates a moonbow. I've never seen it. I've seen some paintings and pictures of it. But man, if there can be a moonbow, there can be a rainbow. It all is God talking to us with nature. Amen. He said, he said, he said I'll not judge the earth again with water by flood. But there's coming a, a judgment of fire. God will purge this thing. But in the meantime, God's called a people to live in victory and walk in faith and to have the joy. Amen. Praise God. The joy of the Lord is their strength. Stand if you will. Praise the Lord. Don't forget prayer tomorrow night. We'd love to see you there. Some of you, if you've, if you've never come, take a chance and come and see if God won't touch your heart and touch your life. We see some mighty things stirring in prayer and intercession. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you, Lord God, that in the days of Noah, there was one that found grace. Thank you that we found grace. Grace to live above it all. Grace, Heavenly Father. Grace, Heavenly Father. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for our protection and our safety. Lord, we claim Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. We stand against these man-made, demonic, whatever they may be. We don't know. We know they're not of God. So we reject, do not accept, and resist it in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for protection in our travel, these crazy highways, all this construction. Thank you in the midst of it, Father. We have wisdom and protection. We claim the blessing of the tithe. Devour your rebuke in Jesus' name. Cannot not touch our seed, nor what our seed is produced. Thank you, Father. As we leave tonight, you stir our hearts. Let us understand our assignment. Be obedient in this day and hour. Let us be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, an answer to people's prayer. Let us, let us live in the promises of God, manifesting the truths of his nature. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. We live as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God's Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. Find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas. Visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.